So we wiped out our savings and we moved to Central Florida with this. I mean, when I say we had nothing, we had nothing but the three kids and the furniture. Hey guys, Jeff Baggins. Welcome back to the Happy Agent Podcast. We've got a really, really fun one today that's very diverse. I think you're going to really get a kick out of it with our special guest. Before we get to Jody, I want to introduce my other, my co-host, my good-looking brother down there. Craig Baggins. Hi, everybody. And then, I don't don't know if we'll go good-looking on it, but you know, our... um, (laughs) (laughs) We got to keep it real. Very average-looking, yeah. (laughs) And we got Mike Puma with us, and um, we're having a lot of fun. This is a unique time, and we're really honored and proud to have Jody Myers with us today. And Jody, you've got quite a story from an agent to being one of the upper management levels of Century 21, working with a lot of cool things. You've got a great story and a path that you've seen a lot of ups and downs and things that are working, things that aren't working. So your perspective today is really um, going to be fun to see from that. So I'd like to just kind of introduce you. And then like we do with all of our podcasts, let's kind of hear the Jody story and where did it start and how, what's been the evolution to here. And we'll talk about things you've learned and noticed along the way there. So welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So just for the audience sake, so Jody's in charge of the top 100 brokers in the Southeast United States, right? So that's her job is to support that brokerage level. And yes, we're correct. We're, From we're Texas up through Virginia. Yeah. Cool. So we're honored to have you here. Thank you. All right. Uh, You want me to take it away, Jeff? Yeah, take it away, Jody. Let's hear it. So back before Jody was superstar, Jody, how did it all start? What did you do before real estate? Kind of how did that transition happen? And let's hear from from that. Thank you. Okay. So, you know, it's, I get so many questions about how I got started. How did I get to where I am now? You make it look so easy. And, you know, I, I would like to start off by saying, first of all, I did not come from a real estate background. You know, I wasn't um, an, an SOB, a son of a broker, or whatever they call it, a DOB, daughter of a broker. I, you know, I wasn't nobody in my family was in real estate. So I like to preface with that because, you know, some people say, oh, well, she or he's successful because, you know, the whole family was in real estate. Um, So I, uh, back in 2003, uh, my husband was laid off from Northwest Airlines. Actually, I think it was in 2002. I was a I mean, I had the perfect life. I was a stay-at-home mom. I had three kids. I had the perfect little corner house um, in a in a suburban area outside of Atlanta. And, you know, I didn't have to work. And I, I just, you know, when I think back upon that, I'm like, wow, those were good times. And our lives literally turned upside down. My husband, after, you know, after 9-11, the airline industry completely changed. And so he lost his job. And, you know, we looked at each other and we were like, okay, what do we do now? And he said, well, we can move to Minnesota. They, they've got, you know, jobs with Northwest Airlines as we work for. They've got jobs up there. And I said, uh, 
if we move to Minnesota, I think, I think I'll, we'll, we'll probably divorce before I move to Minnesota. I am not a cold weather girl. So we took the biggest leap of faith and, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, one income. Um, so we decided, and I, I, I tell this story because when you put your mind to something, it is amazing what happens. So we decided to sell our house that we had just bought in Atlanta, and we decided to up and move to Florida. Now, I will tell you guys this, I wouldn't recommend it unless you have a really good family that will support you. So we sold the house, had to actually pay at closing to get out of the house because we um, had just bought it. So we wiped out our savings and we moved to Central Florida with this. I mean, when I say we had nothing, we had nothing but the three kids and the furniture. We rented a little um, apartment in Celebration, Florida. And when we got here, we're like, okay, we have no money. We have three kids we have to feed. And my husband's looking at me like, what are you going to do? And I'm looking at him like, what are you going to do? Um, he did have a small severance, but let me tell you, that wasn't even enough to even feed him or I. So this is where it gets pretty interesting is I said, well, you know, the agent that sold our house in Atlanta, she didn't do anything. And look at all the money she made in the short amount of time that listed and sold our house. I said, holy moly. I said, that was so easy. I said, I can still raise the kids. I can take care of the kids. I can make all this money. So I said, I'm going to get my real estate license. So now if you guys know, it, it does cost money to get into real estate. And when I say I had no money, I had to do the most, I, it, I had to really swallow my pride. I picked up the phone and I called my dad. Now for anybody that knows my dad, my dad has hoarded every penny he has made for the 68 years that he's been working. He does not, you, he does not spend money. So I'll never forget that phone call. And I was like, dad, I wanna get into real estate and I need to borrow about $2,000. And I was like, I had the phone out here waiting for him to say, what? You're crazy. Well, he sent it to me. I, I couldn't believe it. And I told him, I said, I promise I'll pay you back. So anyway, I enrolled in real estate school and I did the five week course. And, you know, during this time to show you how much, how little money we had, there was a jar of pickles in the refrigerator and my son was asking, mom, when are we having dinner? When are we having dinner? And I'm like, as soon as we receive a check from my in-laws to buy groceries. And I said, but there's a jar of pickles in the refrigerator. I said, those can hold you over till dinner. He went to the refrigerator, he pulled out the pickles. They dropped all over the floor. <laughs> and he, long story short, for those of you that know him, he it was recently just, well, not recently discovered, but he has diagnosed OCD. He's got a mental disability and he will not eat anything that touches the floor. So I'm just giving you that little nugget to show you how broke we truly were. 
So went through real estate school, um, passed the test on the first try, which I was really grateful for. So, and I'm telling you this story because it truly, I feel like I am a testament to those that really want to get into real estate and, and do well, but maybe you second guess yourself, maybe it's confidence. So after I got my real estate license, oh my gosh, what are we faced with? How many real estate companies are there in the state of Florida? I know where I worked, there were six within walking distance. I mean, you really can't move to Florida unless you either open a brokerage or get your license, right? <laughs> so, so I will tell you this, I went on that journey, that journey to find the perfect real estate company. And I say perfect, and I say perfect for me, because it's not a one size fits all. I interviewed every company from probably Maitland all the way down to probably the south side of, um, right outside of Celebration. And I did, I, I did join another brand for about 48 hours. And I was as lost as anyone. I've never felt so lost in my life. And if, you've, if you're getting your real estate license, I mean, you've got to have support. So I also, I left that company after about 48 hours and I joined an independent. That was even worse. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with an independent, but my gosh, you've got to have some type of, of structure, of um, checklist guidance. So I, I was really frustrated. And then a friend of mine said, Jody, there's a Century 21 office right in celebration. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. So I called Kathy Shelton and I was like, you know, I'm new. I want to get my license. I mean, I just got my license. I want to sell real estate. I was, it was an instant connection. I couldn't believe the amount of training, the amount of tools. And this was back in 2003. So you can imagine it, Today, of course, there's way more tools, but back then there was a lot of tools. So I joined and this is where it gets really, really good. And this is where I tell you this story because you have, to, and I hear Craig, I hear Jeff, I hear Mike talk about this all the time. You've got to know your why. And your why has to be stronger than your excuses because this is where the part of the story, it, it literally, it made my whole career. So, you know, when the broker tells you what to do, you have two choices. The broker tells you to do something. You can either say, okay, I'm going to do it, or okay, I'm gonna do it and not do it. So my broker told me exactly what to do. And I did it. And here, here is where you really have to overcome that voice in your head. This is where you have to overcome that other side that says, but you know what, I really wanna go do this instead. Or, you know what, I'll do that tomorrow. 
is I was taking Create 21, which now as um, if you're with Century 21, you know it's um, Accelerate. And I did everything possible that you could do in that course, followed everything. Here's what happened next. Three weeks into the course, now remember, I'm broke. I have three kids that I have to feed. I believe it was in August and school was getting ready to start. I had to buy new clothes for the kids. Actually, it was in May. Um, and then I closed on my first one in, in August. But when it got to the time where we started talking about expired listings and for sale by owners, I want you to think about this. How many people did I know when I moved from Atlanta to Central Florida? Exactly. I knew none. So what did I not have? I did not have a sphere of influence. I didn't even have a doctor. I didn't even have, I had none of that stuff yet. So if you say, oh, well, I can't do this because I don't have a sphere of influence. I'm telling you, it's all an excuse. So I knew I didn't have a sphere of influence. I knew nobody. I knew my three kids and my husband and that was it. So when we got to the part in Create 21, Now Accelerate, and we started talking about expires and for sale by owners, I'm like, oh, I can do that. I, well, I definitely, but then she said, well, you have to pick up the phone and you have to call. And I was like, oh my God, you mean they don't just reach out to me? No. So, Great this, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I thought listings fell out of the sky. I thought people would just call me. That is not the case. You have to go out and get what you want. So in the, in the manual, it was a printed book back then. And I remember it gave me scripts and she said, this is what you have to do. You have to call blah, blah, blah. So I remember that morning, I think it was a Sunday morning and I'd gotten the expired list from the night before. And I was like, oh my God. And of course you have to watch the do not call list. I will preface that all day long. But there was an expired listing in Magnolia Point in Claremont. And I didn't even look at the price on it. I just, I, I didn't, I, I, did, I wasn't even thinking price. And I didn't even look at the history on the property. I just saw that it expired. And I remember going out into the garage because I didn't want my family to hear me. And I remember I was shaking picking up the phone and I had the manual in my hand and the gentleman answered and I was like, hi, this is Jody Myers with Century 21. I see that your property is no longer listed on the market because that's what we were told to say. And, and I was like, oh God, I did it. I couldn't believe it. And then he said, oh no, honey, our property is listed. Our agent's doing an open house today but let me let you talk to my wife. She's in the bathtub, hold on. He went and got his wife and she said the same thing. Oh no, honey, our property's listed. We're having an open house. And I said, no ma'am. And I was like, where's the script for this? And there was no script. And I said, well, as of 1201, your property is no longer listed in the MLS. And she said, I'm gonna have to call my agent. I'm gonna have to call you back. Long story short, she called me back. She said, Miss Jody, I'll never forget, sweetest lady I've ever, I've ever met. You were right. Our property expired and our agent didn't tell us. And I was like, and she was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
guess what she said next? Will you list it for us? She sure did. I, I wasn't expecting that. So then I start researching the property and I get this is your first expired call ever. 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 Yes. And I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, um, when I, when, when she said, can you come list my property? I said, yes, absolutely. And I remember getting off the phone going, Oh my God, what do I do now? I don't know what to do. And this is what I tell agents because after working with agents over years, this is what you do. And I know this is what you do because I've worked with agents you're afraid to call people because you don't know how to write an offer. You don't know how to fill out a contract. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. And this is what I tell you. None of that matters until you have someone in front of you. You've got the best support team there at, at Beggins. You go out and you get the people. And if you don't know how to do something, they will help you. So, yes, exactly. So here's what I did. I went and I looked up the property. Okay, y'all, this, I, I wasn't raised in a wealthy background. I mean, our, our, I was very middle class. The property was $700,000. And this was back in 2003. And I'm like, oh my God, I am, I'm really intimidated now. I, now I really don't know what to do. And then get this, I started looking at the history of the house. Oh my God, it had been listed with an agent who had been in business 24 years and was one of the most well-known agents in, in Claremont. I'm like, oh great, <laughs> great, this is great. So I called my broker, I called my mother-in-law and I told my mother-in-law, put your best suit on because you're gonna pretend to be my assistant and we're going to get a listing. <laughs> story short, yes, I told, I, yes. Because I said, you're going to look like I know what I'm doing. Because if I have an assistant, I just told her, don't say anything. We get there. You know, I pull up in my 1997 Honda Accord with hubcaps that my mom had given me. They've got freaking Cadillac Escalades that are probably at the time, you know, $70,000, $80,000. The house is a mansion. And I'm just like in my seat going, oh, my God, how am I going to pull this off? But you know what? I went in there held my head high, did what my broker told me to do, and guess what I walked out with? Signed listing agreement. I, I sure did. So here's the best part. It had been listed for I don't know how long, a year, two years with the previous agent. Guess what happened? I sold it in three weeks. Guess why I sold it in three weeks? Put a good price on it. Nope, same price. I am. Somebody. Well, I answered every single phone call that I got on that listing. And I was at Burger King. Yes, Burger King. I mean, I don't eat there now, but <laughs> I was at Burger King with my three kids when someone called me and said, I want to see this listing. And I was like, oh my God, it's 30 minutes away, 40 minutes with traffic. What do I do? I said, kids, let's go. Put your food in a bag and let's go. That's, that's what I did. Got the listing, sold it, end of story. That started an endless career for, for, for me. Wait, and, wait, wait. So yeah, and I ended up being rookie of the year my first year. Say that again, Craig? Your first, ex first expired listing call turns into a listing for 700 grand and you double-sided it. 
No, no. Okay. The, I didn't, this is where I was new and didn't really know, but I ended up showing the house to the, to the person and come to find out he had another agent. The agent wasn't available at the time, but you know what? I, I was just so happy to get it sold. I didn't even, you know, that, that's another story, <laughs> but that started. So right there started my whole career and I was rookie of the year, my first year. Now I will preface you with this. My second year, you know, people call you and recruit you all the time. And I know now that people, you know, that that's what happens. Another company recruited me, a red company that's very well known now. And I did go over there for six months and I realized, wow, way different than Century 21. So I went back to Century 21 and I've been, um, my production won awards for probably the next three to four years after that before, you know, going a little bit of a different route. So I know that was a long story. But I tell you that because I've worked with agents for, what, 17 years now? And there is one thing that separates the agents that are hitting their goals. And I don't use the term successful because success is different for every agent. But the ones that set their goals, whether it be 50000 a year, 150000 a year, a million a year, is that... They never, ever take their eye off of what they want. It doesn't matter what happens during the day. They stay focused. They do the activities regardless of what they, they, they do what they have to do instead of doing what they want to do. And there's a big difference there. They do what they have to do so they can do what they want to do. Exactly. They actually know what they want to do, which is a, that's the treat. There you go, Jeff. Exactly. So thank you for letting me share that super long story, but I hope, I hope that that helps. I've never heard that. I like that story. All right. So today I do what others won't, so tomorrow I can do what others can't. That's the quote. I, I love that. Love that. Love that. And this is, this is the biggest thing, right? This is called the happy agent podcast and right. And the definition of happiness, it, it evolves, right? It evolves like for us as a company um, it's, of course we do the five-year visions and all those things too. But as this year certainly has shown us, you don't know what's going to happen. So we kind of chunk it down into 90 day cycles of what really is going to happen and what are your goals for this quarter? Because we can always make sure that we can achieve that. You know, that if you go talk to people, you're going to make money and that kind of pivots that, that whole way. So, so you, you, from an agent perspective, very successful. How did you hop into corporate? Again, it's all about goals. And, and I, I constantly speak about this. You know, you hear people talking about goals all the time. But the thing is, is people talk about goals, but very few people actually write down their goals and do something about their goals. And again, that separates agents that hit their goals versus those that just talk about them is my goal. Um, so when I, I got out of selling real estate in 2008 and I started mentoring and training agents because that was my, that was really my, my passion. And um, I did that for about five years. And during that time, I was like, I really want to 
I never wanted to own a brokerage. That was not my passion. My, my passion is to hit a larger, you know, a larger group. And so I wanted to work for corporate. So I, I was like, I wrote down that goal and I said, one of these days I will work for Century 21 corporate. And this is where just because you don't get something right away means you should give up. Um, it can take a year to reach a goal. It can take two years to reach a goal. And it took me about two years of trying and trying and trying. And finally, it was January of 2014. I was putting in that application. And I'll be darned, about two weeks after that, I finally got that call to interview with corporate. And uh, that was in 2014. And I've been there ever since. But I never gave up. That was the thing is I never, ever gave up. And that was the passion. And that was your goal. That was your vision. And, yes. and then it evolves, right? The year yes. prior to that or three years prior to that, it wasn't even an idea. But there was exactly. opportunities and lifestyles and, and things that you wanted from that, that that would provide. So that's yes. pretty cool. So then yes. you, you you evolved, you were, um, what did you start out as? So interesting enough, I was actually hired by Realogy and um, which you guys will know this very well. I was hired to train home base. <laughs> Does that ring a bell? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. So I was hired by Realogy to, to, um, to train on home base. And you know, some, some things, I talk about this all the time because I can't stress it enough, is sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do to get where you want to be. And, you know, when I got on with, with Realogy, was it my absolute awesome goal to train on home base? No, but that's what I had to do to eventually get to where I wanted to be. And that was with Century 21. This is where it's so cool. Cool and not cool. So I was hired by Realogy in March 2014. One month later, now I had just quit my job at the Century 21 in Central Florida, running the office, you know, manning the agents, been there for five, five six years doing that. Guess what they did? They did away with home base. So guess who was without a job? Me. Yeah, I just left a job. And, and But the cool thing was is um, Realogy had an opening with Century 21. Um, you know, Century 20, uh, Realogy is the parent company to Century 21 for those that don't know. Um, but there was an opening on the advanced program, which was a broker coaching program. And so I did that for about two years and then became the brand ambassador for the Century 21 offices in Florida. And then um, I had another goal to work with just the top 100 and um, that goal and dream came true. So now I work with just the, um, there's three of, three of us that work with the top 100, 100, and I'm one of those. So I'm honored to be working with you guys because you're in the top 100. Very cool. Which is awesome. So let me ask this question of you. So you were successful in real estate. Well, your first closing, you said a $100,000 deal was like a $20,000 commission. So you made 10 or 15 grand on that deal. Yeah, I sure did. Had to be a, like the 
moment, right? I had never seen that kind of money in my life. Um, one thing I wish I would have done is managed my money better. <laughs> so what was it that made you want to leave the commission-only gig and get into a fixed salary gig with corporate? It was, agents just kept coming to me for, you know, with questions. And, and so, you know, I, because I, I had a little bit of a transition there. So I, I was making probably 170 as an agent. And obviously, when I transitioned to the management and training, that was a big, a big income difference. But it was the passion. I loved helping the agents. I was actually getting more joy and fulfillment out of seeing others succeed. Um, plus, I am very, once I hit a goal and once I master it, I like to move on to something else. Um, and so after, you know, after I ran an office for five years and was training agents, um, I wanted to master something else. So, um, but I think, you know, money is not everything. Um, I mean, obviously it, you know, provides a certain lifestyle, but I just find more joy in helping others. And right now, you know, coaching brokers or helping brokers, um, that sort of thing than I, than I did, um, selling but now that's an interesting statement though i mean money is not everything right there's all of us know a lot of people with a lot of money that aren't happy right a lot of us know people without any money that are happy right and everything every spectrum in between and that goes from a broker perspective right and it goes from an agent perspective and you've been able to work with the top agents you work with the you know a lot of our agents you know a lot of the agents in the system certainly the top ones and um I'd be kind of curious from your perspective, what makes a top agent a top agent? And then kind of from a brokerage perspective, what makes a top broker a top broker through your lenses? Oh, that is a great question. Um, so yeah, I've, I've worked with agents for 17 years and I've worked with brokers for the past six. And I can tell you the same thing that makes an agent a top agent is the same thing that makes a broker a top broker. And it comes down to, I want to say two things, but maybe, but maybe three. The first thing is, it, I will tell you, if you do not have the right mindset, it, that's what it all boils down to is, is the mindset. You can know everything about real estate there possibly is, but if you don't have that mindset, that positive mindset, and a lot of the people that don't make it are the negative Nellies. And I, I'm just being very transparent and very truthful, but the, I, that's, that's the, what was that, Craig? Okay. Yeah, Jody, uh, let me touch on that for a quick second, because I think, I think that's absolutely the most important point, right? And mindset just kind of gets thrown out there a lot as just a kind of a, a buzzword, but it's so critical. Yeah. Two words kind of point out to me that I, that I noticed. I want to see if you see the same thing abundance, right? And positivity, right? And those are two words that I, I notice. I mean, the people that we hang around, right? And you're one of them. People that have a scarcity mindset, there's not enough, I need to get mine. When, when they kind of, they operate in that suppressed scarcity world, things don't ever seem to work out for them, right? And then from a, a positivity negative, so abundance versus scarcity, you know, I yeah. think is an interesting one. And what do you, you think just, about that? You just nailed it. I mean, it's it's so true. So here's the difference. 
Um, I remember an agent coming to me one time and, and she said, oh my gosh, I have to make money. I have to make money. You know, I'm not going to make it in this business. I have to make money. And I said, I said, okay, first of all, that is the wrong, that is the wrong attitude because when I flipped it and I asked her, so what are you doing to make money? And she wasn't doing the activities. So that's another thing is, you know, business does not fall out of the sky. You may get lucky and sometimes it may fall out of the sky, but those that are true agents hitting their goals and that you see, you know, getting the pace setter awards right now, like uh, I think Laura was one of them in your office that posted hers on Facebook yesterday. It's, it's because she's doing the activities every single day. And if you do the activities, the money will come. It, the money doesn't come if you don't do the activities. And I know everybody's like, duh, Jody. But I will tell you, there's agents that don't do the activities and expect the money to come. And mindset. You know, we hear that, you know, you hear from all the coaches out there. You're like, oh God, mindset, mindset. I'm telling you right now, I will say that forever and ever because if you have that positive mindset if you say that there's no listings out there people aren't selling guess what that's exactly you're right and if you say there are listings out there people are selling the market's hot guess what that's what's going to happen well, this industry this industry takes consistency right mm -hmm. it takes it being consistent and you're not going to be consistent unless you have the mindset to go do so Right. Yeah. And that's every aspect of your life, whether it's fitness, whether it's business, it doesn't matter. Right. If you exactly. are not consistent in the actions that you take, you're not going to get consistent results. I don't care what you are. Now, I will argue, though, that the broker plays a big role in that. And I'd love to get your perspective on on the role in your perspective, the role that a broker can play in agent success, especially in the beginning, because and, and even not in the beginning. Right. I think you know, we've had a lot of success through this pandemic. And I believe a lot of it is attributed to the fact that Craig and Jeff and our whole management team have literally acted like nothing ever happened. We never skipped a beat, right? The same activities that we were doing pre-pandemic from the moment it hit, we continued to train every single day. We showed up every single day with the same message every single day right? Now, of course, we frame it differently. Of course, we're adapting, we're creating new tools, we're trying to give, simplify the business, make everything easier. But we stayed consistent, right? The same thing we tell our agents to do, we knew we had to do. And us showing up every day, kind of, I think, showed the agents, okay, they're showing up, so maybe I need to show up. Exactly. And our attendance continued to grow, right? And we've seen success out of that. But I think as a new agent, right, you, you just told it in your story, there's so much fear, doubt, and anxiety that goes on in your head. And the only way to comfort that is to know that you've got someone behind you that has the experience and the ability to help you through it. Now, you've been around a lot of brokers, though, right? So I'd love to get your thoughts on what have you seen, right? What is the difference between those brokers that are in the top 100 that you're now coaching versus everyone else? Before you answer that, Jody, I want to draw one quick distinction because I think it needs to be made here. Uh, we talk a lot about agents launching their careers, right? That's that's getting them to a next level. I don't think enough time gets put to the agents that have been doing this for a while because for them to get to a next level, it's exactly the same as a new agent getting started. 
the same doubt, fears, and anxiety. To take an agent that's been doing this for eight years, that's never done a million plus expired, has the exact same fear as Jody did at that first expired mm-hmm. list, right? Exactly. And so it's they need that level of empowerment, education, encouragement, everything, no matter what stage of career you're in. I don't care if you've been doing this for 25 years, right? The next level requires a different mindset. It requires different pushing. It requires different smacks. It requires different everything, right? To get to a different level. So I, to answer that question, Puma had, I, I just want to put that in your mind too, because I, I want to really make that distinction because that's, that's what I see is, is exciting. That's what I like doing. And we like doing as a company is finding that next level and helping them ride to that. So it's very interesting you say that, Jeff. And it makes me think of an agent in Louisiana who's been in the business probably 13 or 14 years. And she texted me last, I think it was Thursday or Friday. And her text to me was, I just had my best month ever in my real estate career. And I know what attributed to that. I know exactly. But, you know, I asked her what she thought it was. And during the pandemic, she, like you just said, Mike, how you said you guys didn't stop as a brokerage. You didn't. So here's what some people do when a roadblock, you know, comes in the way, when, when something comes and you can't, you know, you can't control it. You either, you know, hit that roadblock and you just say, okay, well, I can't do anything. Or you find a way around it and you, and you adjust and you adapt. Well, during the pandemic, she knew that people were going to be home during the day. So all she did was bombard them. Yes, exactly. She bombarded them with um, mail outs because guess what? They're now checking their mail every day because that's like the highlight of the day. And she went to the Dollar Tree, whatever, and bought like every American flag that they that they had for, I think it was uh, Memorial Day. She put something on all their doorsteps and she did that the entire pandemic and boy, it paid off. I, I wish I, I, I have to find the text to show you how much she closed or how much she put under contract. But it's amazing what activities do. So to answer your question about what separates a broker, a, you know, a top company from, you know, from, from the others is there's a lot of, a lot of things. Um, but the one thing that truly separates, and again, this, this is also goes back to an agent as well, is the entrepreneurial mindset and your passion you know, those two things right there, the passion. So, you know, um, Jeff, Mike, Craig, every one of you, I I don't know if I've ever seen as much passion from three people. You know what I mean? You guys, Craig, so for example, what do you guys do every single morning that you've never deviated from? We have our team huddle every morning at 8.30. Do you deviate from that? We've been doing that for... 15 years per day. Exactly. You actually you, longer than that. But I like to say we get more done before nine 30 than most brokers do all day. Well, see, and that's, and that will see, that's the entrepreneurial mindset too. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's, it's great leadership. And in my opinion, okay. So this is my opinion is that it comes down to 
emotional intelligence, it comes down to leadership skills, and it comes down to not being afraid to make mistakes and not being afraid to try new things and put yourself out there. But the biggest thing I will say is that you truly, from the bottom of your hearts, you care about the agent's success. <clears throat> and that makes a big, a big difference. The agents know that you care. And, um, you know, you guys are also constantly, you know, doing new things. Um, you know, Mike, you've been on board, what, three years? And you guys have been hitting social media like crazy. And I have seen a huge difference um, in what your company has done with, with social media. Um, I hope that answers, answers the question. I mean, obviously, you guys do a lot of training. Um, you've got the you've got a very structured onboarding process. You've got um, you know the university, and you know training is huge. You can be the best recruiter on the planet, and I've seen this in offices. and And I say recruiting because that's the industry term. But when you bring agents on to your company, you can bring you know 150 agents on, but that doesn't matter if they're not producing. So you guys, what separates you is you've got a very structured onboarding process. Your team, the support that your team provides is 121%. That makes a difference. Um, and then also the education, the university, the follow-up, um, the hot sheet that you guys send out every day, that keeps agents motivated. So it's not just one thing, it's a lot of different things. Do you see Do you see in the other top 100s though, are, are are all the brokers like us? Because obviously we, we love to leverage Century 21's tools and the trainings that, that corporate provides because they're great and those webinars are awesome. But we also do our own, right? So we do the daily training and then we've got 15 to 20 other tactical trainings that our team is leading throughout the month that are all on Zoom so all of our agents can attend. Are you finding that brokerages that are having more success are doing their own training or are most of the Century 21 still leveraging you know, the corporate training? It's both. It's both. It's both. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's, it's both. A lot of them incorporate the, the C21 university training with their own training. Now I do have um, one company that, um, you know, all they do is just the university, the university training. Um, however, when you, you know, when you add in your own, um, you know, specific to your market, um, specific to your culture, obviously that adds huge value to, to the company. Um, Cause I mean, like, again, it's not a one size, one size fits all, but a lot of the top 100 companies, it's, it's like your top agents, you know, Mike, you said in the beginning, it's, you know, it's consistency and it truly, you know, what separates the top 100 is, is the consistency. It's that, leadership it's that mindset it's that constantly being in front of your agents and i think you touched on i think an important word and it's culture right and, culture and is I think huge. this goes from an agent perspective and to a broker perspective because you know a couple of quotes one that's always stuck in my mind is start the way you plan to finish right so i think a lot of companies have um a separate face when they're recruiting 
right than the actual structure when people actually get there and you know you know it you hear it all the time as we do bingo and then versus you know what one of the things that we've really um, worked really hard on is consistency and throwing it out there it's attract and repel right because you either like kind of what we do or you don't and if you if you like it good because this is what you're going to get every day this is the attitude this is the energy these are the words this is the vocabulary this is what we do right? It's not going to change, right? It won't change next week. It won't change next quarter. It won't change next year, right? It's the level of passion. If you don't like that, don't come, right? right. And you I think just, too many people try to be everything yes. to everyone and they just are really nobody to anything. And it's a false facade that people ultimately get to see through. So I right. think that- We'll, th- we'll see. You, you just, gosh, oh my gosh, that, that was so, so true. And that's what happened to me when I was recruited from Century 21 to the other red company out there is that the, everything that they told me was awesome, amazing, fantastic. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this is, this is like a fairy tale. And then when I got there, it was nothing as to what they had said. And the culture was completely different. And I don't think that agents realize how much culture means to you. Because whether you like to hear this or not, your real estate company, this is your second family. It truly is. I mean, you guys are so involved with your agents. You know their spouses' names, their kids' names, their pets' names. I mean, you become their second family. And, um, you know, that's, that's why I put so much, you know, preface on um, culture. How do you think that's going to kick in now? Because it's been a big concern for ours, for us. I mean, it's one thing. When we do our, our Zoom meetings in the morning, they're on a webinar format, so we don't see how many people because it's too many people to see. But I'm starting to feel like I miss seeing people. You know, I'm staying at home a lot. So I think we're trying desperately to make sure we keep the culture alive virtually. And, and it's been a blessing because our agents really have engaged more now than they did pre-pandemic. But I think it's going to be a challenge for a lot of brokerages if they're not pushing out content and delivering a message. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing is you're exactly right. If now more than ever, as exhausting as it is, as exhausting as virtual meetings and Zoom meetings can be, you've got to do it because now more than ever, other companies are, you know, I mean, they're, they're taking advantage of, of the opportunity to get out there and recruit. So now more than ever, you know, brokers have to be recruiting their own agents. And if it means, you know, doing virtual one-on-ones, um, you know, Jeff, just say I was an agent in the office, you know, you sitting with me doing a virtual one-on-one, then that's, that's what you got to do. Because if you're, I, and I, and I, and I, the reason I say it is because I am seeing it with um, a couple of, of companies is that things are not the same. So you cannot run your company the same. Um, you know, you're not seeing people face to face. So if you're used to email, Craig, perfect example of last week, I think it was Wednesday when you picked up the, or Tuesday when you picked up the phone and called me, you know, normally it would have been an email, but you're like, no, I'm going to pick up the phone and call her. That was awesome. But you know what? Take it a step further and FaceTime me. 
you know, um, that's, you know, that's the thing is FaceTiming and picking up the phone instead of the, the emails and that sort of thing. So, um, but you guys have done a great job of staying engaged with the agents. I think we had, we had the luxury, right. Of, of kind of essentially this framework prior to any pandemic happening. I mean, we were training via zoom and doing zoom meetings already right we have for years so i think we we had that luxury we had that framework because i get you know i do talk to a lot of prospective agents as i do a lot of the recruiting and almost all of them ask the same question so how how have you guys had to change since the pandemic and i said we we really haven't right we've been doing this everything we've been doing coaching the the morning trainings everything has been really been able to be done or has been done via zoom for years, right? So this really hasn't been a major shift for us, which I think did put us in a pretty unique position as this has all gone down. But I mean, it also comes down to, you know, when you have a broker like Craig that truly does care and connect, and then, you know, you you see that play out with 11 years in a row as being a top workplace, right? I mean, that doesn't happen by accident and that doesn't happen just because that happens because you have a management team that truly does care. And if you are not putting in that effort at the, at the management level, your brokerage is in big trouble. So if you're a broker watching this or you're an agent in a broker where the brokers kind of just checked out because it was easy to, because there's a pandemic going on and they could use that as an excuse, you may need to look around because your, your brokerage is probably in trouble. And it's something you said too made me think about this is, you know, everything does start at the top. It start, it starts, I mean, with the leadership team, um, you know, with you, Craig, you, Jeff, and you, and you, Mike, and, you know, I'm going to tell you guys this, and I don't know if, if Joy will ever watch this, but um, now what is Joy's title in your company? Right now she's a controller. Okay. So let me just tell you, and, and, I haven't told you guys this, but so Joy, let me let me just share with you why I say culture is so important and why leadership matters is because it starts with you guys. You guys empower your management team and your management team is a direct reflection of you. So let me tell you about Joy. So we emailed, I don't know, several times about the reports, um, Craig. And, um, I had mentioned in there, I, I don't know how Joy found out I was sick, Craig. I don't know if you had mentioned it to her. Okay, it was you that mentioned it. Okay. So, you know, you mentioned somebody sick and they're just like, they're usually just like, oh, okay, well, hope they feel better. No, she kept emailing me and asking me, over and over again how I was feeling, if I was okay. Get this, she was willing to drive to Lakeland. Okay, you, you guys know how far that is from <laughs> your office? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not far mileage-wise, but when you put in I-4 and you put in the traffic and all that, I mean, that's a pretty good ways. I was like, I was like, am I dreaming this? She offered to drive and bring me whatever I needed from the store or food or anything. Who does that? Caring people. Exactly. So that's, that is what separates 
companies, that's what, that's what separates extraordinary from ordinary is, and that is a direct reflection of the culture in your company. That's true. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So kudos to her. <laughs> Calling her shortly and letting her know that. Yeah. All right. So for the agents watching, Jody, how would you, how would you sum up the journey to success for somebody, whether it's their next level or they're just getting started? Um, what do you, you see it? So sum up again, what do you think it takes to get to push through to them? So, so time, it's really not, it's a lot of work that you got to get the mindset and then you got to get the goal. So how would you, what's your takeaway for those who are watching today? So I, you know, I, I, I'm going to use the gym and I think Mike, you had used the gym analogy um, earlier with something is, you know, I started going to the gym two and a half years ago and I think it was six months after going to the gym, I realized I wasn't seeing the results that I was I was wanting to see. Maybe it was seven, eight months, but I wasn't seeing the results I was I was looking for. So I went back to my coach and I was like, I'm not seeing the results that I want to see. And she said, Well, tell me what your, you know, what your goal is. And I told her what my goal was. And she says, well, and I'm telling you guys this because this is what you need to do in your own business. You have to do a self-assessment of your business. And I said, I, you know, my legs aren't, aren't looking like I thought they would after six or seven months. And she goes, you're not training your lower body enough during the week. She said, you're doing two days. She said, you've got to do three days and you've got to lift heavier that changed changed me completely within four months five months after that i couldn't believe the difference it was night and day and i say that because that is what you have to do in your business you can't keep doing the if you're not getting the results if you're trying to get to the next level you can't keep doing the same thing that you were doing. And we've heard that old adage for years. And you may be going, oh God, I can't believe she's saying that. But you know what? It's absolutely the truth. So, you know, if you want to get to the next level, if you want to double your income, look at yourself, look at your listing to buyer ratio. And this will be a game changer for you. If your buyer ratio is 60 to 70% and your listing ratio is 30 to 40%, guess what? You're going to keep doing the same thing. Yeah, yes, Craig. You've got to flip that. So if you want to get to the next level, if you want to make more money, if that's what your goal is, you need to make that shift and you need to be picking up the phone and you need to be prospecting for listings. And I will tell you, you will see more money. You will have more control of your time. And, you know, I recommend to agents that, you know, that's, that's the first thing is you've got to look at your listing to buyer ratio. Um, track everything. That's another thing too. track your numbers. Um, you know, if you, if you don't know how to track your numbers, you know, there's some business planning tools in um, Century 21. Craig, I think you may have something too that the agents do. Um, in fact, I know you do. 
um, but track your numbers. You're either not making enough phone calls or you're not doing, you're not doing the right activities. And you know, your, your family support, your family too is a big thing too. You've got to have a supportive family. You know, if you have a family, if you're, if you're single, that's obviously different, but go ahead, Craig. Might be a closing question for you, but what is your biggest frustration working with the brokers that you work with? The frustration, I, I can't say that I have one working with the top 100. That's um, awesome. It's because the mindset is so different. Have you seen the top 100 at least? I would imagine so, but have you seen everyone kind of stay steady through this pandemic? Because to your point earlier, there, you know, there was a quote, I actually used it this morning from Mike Tyson that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Which right? is so and true. So, and, I, and I love that quote because to me, that's all about the ability to adapt because you come mm -hmm. in with one plan, right? As an agent, as a broker, and it's working and you're having success and you're making money and you're living the lifestyle you want. And then boom, it yes. all changes, right? And you have yeah. to make a decision at that point. Am I going to just get knocked out and lay down and say it's over? Or am I going to figure out, get back up and figure out what to do? Um, have you seen the the top 100 stay consistent and go through it or what? Makes yeah, see, that's the difference is, um, you know, and again, I, I relate everything back to agents, but the agents that are having their best months ever are, you know, the, the top agents. And it's the same thing with the top 100. The top 100 are in the top 100 because they are so incredibly focused so incredibly positive. In fact, I've had the top 100, some of the top 100 saying this pandemic was the best thing that ever happened to them. You know, because they used it as, the, as a benefit to actually get closer to their agents, tighten up their budgets, you know, and, and, and you know, again, you, you don't get to the top 100 by being a negative person, a negative company. Um, and I say that with even agents, you will never, maybe you might slip by, <laughs> but the majority of the top agents is because they're positive mindset and it doesn't matter what comes their way. And I could go another 30 minutes and tell you a whole nother story. Maybe that's for a different, you know, a different broadcast, but you know, everybody thinks that my life is so easy on, you know, the outside, you know, they look at Facebook and you know, they're like, Oh, you just make things look easy. Nobody has a clue as to what I've had to deal with in my personal life. I mean, it's been, um, I, I, I could probably write a book and I've said, I'm going to write a book, but I just haven't done it yet. Again, it hasn't become my priority. But if it was my priority, I would have been all over it. You know, you do, that's a priority. Very good. All right, Jeff, I think you've got you got to run to, right? I do have to run. I want to um, thank you, Jody. I know you're extremely busy. And I want to thank you for joining thank our podcast you. here today. And I bring a nice, nice perspective on here. So we love working with you. You're a great asset to us. And um, thank you. And we love being with the brand. And of course, we just renewed for another another decade of awesomeness and we're just going to just keep on cranking away and get as big as we feel like getting and having fun along the way. Yeah. And thank you for all that you guys. Birthday. Your birthday was yesterday too. Yes, right. Happy birthday. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Thank Happy you. Birthday. All right. Well thank guys, you. thank you for watching. Hope you got some good tidbits out of this. 
and it's the perseverance, it's the mindset, and take it from somebody who's been through all the different levels. So thanks for your perspective, Jody. We appreciate your time. And guys, thank you for watching Happy Agent Podcast. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys.